Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, if I get conned by starting Ryan Williams again this year, I think I'm going to go eight nuts. I mean, just absolutely nuts. Let's go. Week five. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Football League, Mikey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, Arizona 3, St. Louis 17, and what became just a, uh, a snooze fest. I would have rather watched Jersey Shore then oh. watch that crap that they put on for us uh, oh. last night. What did you think of the game last night? Well, actually, I, I just caught bits and pieces of it, and uh, it didn't uh, it didn't do much for me. I, I tell you what, the one thing that uh, that, that surprised me, or not surprised me, but uh, 
It could have made it a little bit more electrifying was the fact that Danny Amendola got hurt. Uh, this guy was off to an electrifying uh, season for all fantasy owners. So, uh, you know, if you're a Brandon Gibson owner uh, and some other wide receivers from uh, St. Louis, you might want to check it out. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a snooze fest, but uh, it kind of sucks to be an Amendola owner right now. Kind of sucks to be an Amendola owner, but uh, we always have solace if you are a Brian Hartline owner. And, you know, it's funny, uh, if you go back into the archives, probably, uh, you know, three or four weeks there that we were doing those drafts preseason, you know, either for the FFPC or the NFFC, those preseason drafts we were doing for um, pros versus Joes, what have you. We uh, we we mentioned Brian Hartline's name several times, and we kept saying Google Brian Hartline breakout because there was a um, – there was an intriguing story in the offseason that said this could be the year that that was uh, the, the ingredients were right for Brian Hartline. And uh, sure enough, you know, it looks like a Danny Amendola clone out there, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, they, they really have similar skill sets. And uh, I, I really think that we haven't seen the last from Brian Hartline. Tannehill may not may be the answer that Miami's been looking for, a quarterback for a long, long time, Mike. I know Rachel's a big Miami Dolphin fan. What is she? I know, but about Tannehill? Well, you know, uh, we think a lot of big things about Tannehill, but uh, the one thing about it is uh, when when Reggie Bush gets back into the fold, uh, things are going to change, and they're going to sit back and go back to their own system and do their own their, their more boring stuff, so to speak. So, I, you know, I'm not expecting a whole lot. It's kind of like the, uh, the over three – Dallas first game. I'm not. I don't think this is that exciting stuff. To be honest with you, Scott. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We have a caller from the six seven eight on Red versus Blue. You want to chat? What's going on, man? Six seven eight. You're on Red versus Blue. Don't fumble the ball. Yeah, we'll keep him on the. Uh, we'll keep him in the queue. Maybe he's having a hard time connecting, or maybe he's just wanting to listen. We'll put him back in the uh, back in the queue on the chat room. So, uh, Mike, we do have uh, the crew here at the chat room. Red versus blue. Uh, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Looks like a light evening. I was over at the high stakes fantasy uh, hour. It looked a little light over there this evening. I don't know what's going on. It's uh, you know, maybe it's the weather. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's 40 degrees here, it's uh, it's rainy, it's cold, it's been nasty all day. Uh, it's just been one of those, been one of those kind of days, Mike, and, uh, but we do have the trifecta here in the chat room. First place goes to Henry Muto, second to Mino Brown, third with two Packer completing the trifecta, so welcome to Red vs. Blue, fellas. We have Co-Tracks, Ormond Rose, Shane P. Hallam, Wayne Ellis, and Wiggy uh, all in the chat room tonight, Mike, so we do have... Uh, plenty to get uh, into the who do I start, who do I bench decisions. A lot of guys did get rewarded last week for certain moves that they made. Others, not so much, Mike. You know, uh, sometimes it, it, it can go uh, it can go either way. And last night, as the story with Ryan Williams, I don't know how many times I'm going to fall for this. I, I really feel like he's a he's a a, a high level talented running back that is on a very bad situation. The offensive line hasn't shown up all year. And 
we continue, players like me, continue to start Ryan Williams with the expectation that the Rams will, or, or that the Cardinals will figure out that, you know, to win a game like St. Louis that night, you had to get the ground game going. That's the only way you're going to do it. I mean, the, the, the Rams are very respectable against the pass. They're, right. they're number uh, three overall with uh, points scored, you know, for wide receivers. So that tells you right there. And they, I think they've only allowed one passing touchdown, and they've, and they've played some very respectable uh, opponents. So, you know, I just thought it was the perfect situation for Ryan Williams. Um, I was like, don't give up on this kid. I, I, last week, 13 carries, 26 yards. It's not fun for anybody, including including me. But that was against the Miami Dolphins. With Beanie Wells out, I, I thought Arizona would try to control the tempo, get the ground game rolling. And they were 12th worst in the league against uh, running backs for fancy points. So it was a good matchup for Ryan Williams. I just looked for him to get it into gear, and it never happened. And then it, I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then he's laid out cold, you know, on his best run of the night. It was like an eight-yard run. Finally, getting past the line of scrimmage. And uh, he's yeah. knocked out cold. So, you know, it just it can't get much worse for Ryan Williams owners. Yeah, you know, it's been kind of a weird ride. For uh, <clears throat> Ron Williams' owners, uh, you know, when I drafted David Wilson from the Giants, uh, you know, I really thought I had high expectations of him, and it immediately it seemed like, uh-oh, this is not going good. This is not going good at all. And, you know, he can return punts and kickoffs. I mean, looks fantastic, you know, fantastic when it comes to that. But uh, Ron Williams... It's kind of the same deal. I mean, it's just it's just like it's just not breaking through, not getting it done. And uh, how Arizona went four zero to begin with is beyond me. Uh, so it's just it's a, it's a weird kind of combination. And uh, so I, I don't think Ron Williams is going to work out. To be honest with you, uh, it's yet to be seen. I don't think we should give up on the kid after you know four games, especially with that offensive line effort. Uh, anytime the Rams can sack you eight, nine times in a game, you know that uh, the offensive line has major, major issues. Okay, Mike, this is a uh, fantastic week in the National Football League. We do have several bye weeks. Obviously, we have the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Calvin, uh, the Calvinless uh, Detroit Lions. We don't have him to start. We won't have Stafford, Pettigrew, all those guys, Ms. Michaela Shore. We won't have DeMarco Murray and the likes of your Tony Romo. Uh, Des Bryant, Miles Austin, Jason Witten finally getting it into gear for all the fantasy owners late uh, last week. And so it's nice to see him get things turned around. But we do have a huge week five, have a great lineup highlighted by Brady versus Peyton Sunday afternoon. And I want to get right to our start and sit. These starts and sits that we're going to give you are ones that you might not normally make. We're going to tell you guys that you should start this week that you maybe haven't been starting this year or have given up on. And we're going to tell you sits of people that you probably have been playing, but we think you should sit this week. It's very matchup oriented. Uh, so let's get right to it. At the quarterback position, Mike, it seems like the quarterback is the most coveted position anymore, the one that you need to get that 25, 30-point performance out of because if you don't have a good quarterback and you waited – you're getting 15 out of Kevin Cobb last night. And right. it's very important to get that 25 or 30 from a Tom Brady. I mean, it's just – it gives you that jump and that edge. If you have a Ryan Williams, no big deal. You're getting 30 from Brady while they're getting 15 from from 
their backup quarterback type uh, material. And, you know, running backs are a crapshoot. So let's start at the quarterback position, Mike. I'll start with mine, the 22nd overall ranked quarterback. I'm going to tell you to start this week. Only averaging 224 yards per game with six touchdowns versus four interceptions. This week's game has a 54-point over-under, what should be the one of the biggest shootouts of the week. I have him and Joe Flacco in a league, and I'm starting this quarterback over Joe Flacco, Mike. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, would that be Drew Brees or Philip Rivers? You got it. Philip Rivers, my man. 22nd overall quarter-ranked quarterback. Phillip Rivers, the Saints defense passing 29th in fantasy points allowed. We told you that stat a couple of weeks back about them allowing so many yards. I think it's a little over 12 yards per passing attempt. It was an unheard of stat. Uh, so I think Phillip Rivers, the conditions are right in this game. Uh, I think he still has to develop the chemistry with Robert Meacham uh, to really have another threat on the other side of the ball. Antonio Gates has still not been Antonio Gates. It seems like he's not yet here, but I think this could be a game where he gets it rolling. Then, obviously, you have Malcolm Floyd. You have the Eddie Royals uh, all contributing there. Not the most potent offense we've seen in past years from Phillip Rivers. However, I think this is the week he gets it turned around. Well, you know, Scott, you know, you talked about Robert Meacham. He's been kind of an, uh, I don't know, an enigma here lately. I don't know how to figure him out. I don't know how. You know, I got him in one of my high stakes leagues, and I want to I want to start him, but I can't start him. But on the other side of it, I I love Philip Rivers in this uh, matchup. Uh, he's he's going to do a lot of a lot of things against the New Orleans defense, and they haven't been able to do to stop anybody. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Meacham, uh, man, if you're a fantasy owner of Meacham, I I, I can't go there. Yeah, uh, not a fantasy fan, that's for sure. Just Philip Rivers needs another weapon on the other side to get things going. He only had, uh, out of the 30 passing snaps last week, Malcolm Floyd was there for all 30, Robert Meacham there for 28. So he's definitely the number two wide receiver out there on passing routes. You just have to wait for that chemistry to get there. Eddie Royal, third on the team in passing snaps with 13 uh, as the number three wide receiver. Obviously, Gates there with 28. The funny thing is that they've been using Antonio Gates a lot for run blocking. 26 of his 54 snaps, Mike, have been to run block. And we may want to go back and look at him historically for this season and see what's going on. I could go back in week three and look as well. Uh, week three, he wasn't nearly used as much in the run block. 36 out of the 48 snaps were, were passing snaps. So he only had 11 run blocks. But that's a very interesting thing there. I don't think you really need to do that against the Kansas City Chiefs, but maybe there's some O-line issues that we're not privy to here. Antonio Gates has never been known to be half and half passing and run blocking there. So a little, little discouraging if you're a Gates owner. You may want to look at your second option. Maybe, um, but, but in this game, look, I think you know Gates is a must-start. This is the week that he will burn you if you decide to bench him, right? So that's not uh, that's not in the cards for me. What about you, Mike? Do you see a do you see a quarterback here that uh, that looks intriguing? Well, you know, I'm having the, I'm having the issues with a, a quarterback in a high stakes league or a mid stakes league, and I don't know. I guess I, I just drafted two quarterbacks that happen to be good, but you're not gonna believe this: Joe Flacco or Aaron Rodgers. 
I yeah. have to have. I mean, it, it, it was amazing. I, I got Aaron Rodgers in the first round, and then I went ahead and then I got Joe Flacco in like the uh, uh, tenth or ninth or tenth round, something crazy like that. And so now I'm stuck with this decision week in and week out on Flacco or Rodgers. Who, who would you take this week? Uh, well, Mike, I, I don't think there's a, a situation where I could possibly envision selecting Flacco over Rodgers in any given week, no matter how good he is. I mean, I know there have been plenty of great matchups for Flacco where he could get 303, but that exists every week as pretty much the floor for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he could tack on a couple of rushing TDs, maybe a five passing touch. I mean, that's Rodgers in the offense. Yeah, I don't think you ever can bench Rodgers. He's a Flacco for you is a bye week or an injury guy that you'll have a very high level backup there. So good for you to have him backed up. It was kind of like the situation I had last year. I took Romo in the sixth, and then Cam Newton, uh, you know, I, I required through waivers, and, and he just kind of sat on my bench. That high level quarterback depth in, in Tony Romo sat on my bench just in case. It's just something you know, you know it's kind of a wasted roster spot, just an insurance policy, if you will. So. Great insurance policy you have there for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers would always get the start and would be the last. It'd be the last uh, thing I ever okay. thought about. So, well, you know, and and I'm glad you said something about that, Scott, because uh, I got James Jones as well. Yeah. Does Does that make it even uh, even more intriguing to start uh, Aaron Rodgers when you have James Jones? Well, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with my uh, my my quarterback decision at all in the least. Um, I, I think that uh, what you do uh, with James Jones is you take a very hard look at starting James Jones simply because he's out. I mean, Jennings is Jennings is out, and James Jones has been been getting the work there. Uh, he was one of my guys that I was going to give you this week. I mean, against the Colts, uh, five more five or more receptions and three of four games for James Jones while scoring three touchdowns. Cobb's getting very little work in base offensive sets. So although the love and the talented player award goes to Randall Cobb, there's history there with James Jones. He looks good. He looks like a fan, you know, like just a really – he has all the potential to be a stud-wide receiver in this league. And the funny thing is, Mike, do you know who led the league in pass snaps as wide receivers last week? It was not Jordy Nelson. It was James Jones. 45 passing snaps to 44 for Jordy Nelson. So very interesting – James Jones is here to stay. Yeah. Well, you know, that's good news for uh, artists like myself that have him. And, uh, you know, but and for Jordy Nelson owners, I mean, the ball's going to be spread around. Let's face it. The ball's going to be spread around. And uh, what, what do you think about, uh, shoot, Cedric Benson? Uh, while we're talking about the, the Green Bay offense, uh, Cedric Benson, they keep telling uh, everybody that uh, – He's going to keep on getting more work, more work, more work. So what do you think about him? Yeah, this is an absolute uh, shame that I didn't get uh, any Benson love on the after the week one waiver wire. He was still there in one of my early leagues, like a Genesis league or something like an FPC league, I think it was, because it was such an early draft. We didn't have waivers after the signing. And so we really thought to ourselves, man, Benson could be one of these guys that uh, – you know, and it was even after week one. And you remember in that game, he didn't look, he didn't do anything uh, for fantasy right. owners. Uh, you know, as as far as Benson, he didn't uh, he didn't get get the thing going really until week two against Chicago against San Fran. I mean, he had like a, a one point, nine carries, eighteen yards. 
So he's played Chicago. He's played at Seattle, and he's played New Orleans. Now, just looking at the Chicago and Seattle games, I mean, the guy came out of there with 15 and 16 fantasy points, respectively. So you know this is a guy that he can get it going. He's been getting 25 touches a game. He's had four receptions per game the last three games, Mike. This can be a guy we're looking at that has 60 catches for the year. So when you talk about running backs, you know, you've got Arian Foster's. You've got uh, LaShawn McCoy's and Ray Rice's. And then you're going to have uh, – and, and Jamal Charles. But then you've got a guy like uh, Benson who's getting a, a, a very respectable workload, 25 touches is nothing to sneeze at in this today's age in the NFL. No, no, you're right. And plus, he's a, he, he's a, he's an absolute bruiser. Uh, the one thing about Benson, though, is uh, when does uh, James Starks return? What what's going to happen with James Starks and when he does return is how will it affect uh, Benson? Because I, I tell you what, I'm a Benson owner in a couple of leagues, and I'm loving what I'm seeing, but. I'm also a, a James Charles owner in a couple of dynasty leagues, and so how does James James Charles figure in in this? Uh, at this point, he doesn't, Mike. He is just a he's just an insurance policy, uh, and, and it's actually if I have an extra roster spot on my team, and I'm talking about a 20 man roster here, if I have an extra roster spot and it's a very competitive league, James Starks is the type of guy I would rather own rather than, let's say, a, a second defense. You know, if I have the Bengals, I've got, a, I've got a defense that I know I can start for the next two weeks. Some players like to strategize for the weeks down the road and try to put an extra defense. I think it's much more valuable for your team to take a guy like a James Starks and say, you know what, Benson could go down, he could twist his ankle, anything could happen in this game. Yep. And you're sitting back uh, that could be a starter in the league rather than a second defense. This is the kind of discussion, I, the only kind of discussion I can have with you, okay, for James Starks, all right? Uh, so there you wow. have it. So, uh, again, I, I do like Benson. I do like James Jones and, and Mike. Uh, yeah, come on, you got to start Aaron Rodgers. So uh, yeah. a bonus starting quarterback for you, Andy Dalton versus the 30th-ranked passing Dolphins. I think Andy Dalton is becoming one of these guys that you have to yeah. consider playing if you have a starting quarterback not named – Breeze, Brady, uh, or Rodgers. If it's not Breeze, Brady, or Rodgers, or Matt Ryan, uh, you know, you may be sitting on a Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Roethlisberger. Uh, uh, Griffin is obviously a must-start, too. But um, I, Andy Dalton's one of the guys that uh, has been a, a very improving quarterback. He's eighth overall right now um, in in a lot of these formats. Not uh, Look, at Jacksonville, 250 yards. At Washington, 328 Eight touchdowns in the last three games, Mike. If you throw out that clunker against Baltimore, he's looked very, very impressive on an improving Cincinnati Bengals team. Yeah, no, no question about it. And the one thing about it, Scott, is uh, A.J. Green. A.J. Green is a monster. He's a beast. And Cincinnati, they're, they're, being, they're having the chance to, uh, you know, go against less than competition, I think, but – they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna have a lot of fun with this, uh, with this Miami Dolphins defense, and I, I see uh, Dalton to Green, Dalton to Gresham, tight end underneath, uh, you know, the young kid Hawkins. I mean, Andy Dalton's not a bad play this week. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's somebody you would have to consider uh, with the matchup that he has. And uh, let me, let me clarify that again. He's number nine right now for the year. Uh, as a fantasy quarterback. So, 
So uh, just just one little spot off there. Ryan Fitzpatrick, after that big performance last week, gets that title. So uh, back to the uh, back to the starts and sits, Mike's again. Uh, there's the uh, the guys I would start. As for the guy I would sit, this name might surprise you, Mike. I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but I'm projecting about a 15th place finish for this guy. I would say a stat line that I would that I would expect from him is 270 yards, a touchdown, maybe 30 yards rushing. He faces a defense that's currently ranked first against opposing quarterbacks in points per game allowed. This is Cam Newton we're talking about. Only 13 points per game for quarterbacks allowed by the Seattle defense. This game has a lot to do with who he's playing. In their four games, they've allowed only two passing touchdowns, Mike, while reeling in three interceptions. Two of the quarterbacks they faced were Tony Romo and Aaron Rodgers. So this defense is for real, Mike, and Cam Newton – We'll have a lot of issues in this one. Look for other options this week. Like I said, Andy Dalton or Andrew Luck would be an excellent replacement for a Cam Newton and might fit into your strategy of how you drafted. I would sit Cam Newton unless you want that 270-1 and one with 30 yards rushing. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, uh, real quick. I just uh, I was going through my lineups last night, and you know I had Jonathan Stewart, uh, Steve Smith, and a couple of different leagues, and then the glaring thing that looked out at me was SEA Seattle, and I'm going, no way am I starting a Jonathan Stewart against Seattle defense. This defense is legit. They're very good and they're very crafty. Uh, I know it's, uh, you know, I know they're not at home with the 12th man, so to speak, but uh, it doesn't matter. That, that defense is that good. So it's going to be very hard to start anybody for Carolina. A.J. Green, over or under 150 yards receiving this week, Mike. That's a big, big number. Uh, Shane Hallam wants to know. Shane P. Hallam, I would say you have to go under. That's a value play. Uh, I don't know what you have to give up for the under. I would I would imagine it has to be a monster, right, Mike? Uh, minus 140 yeah. or 150. Yeah, I would go under that number. I would check on uh, Jermaine Gresham. His over and under on receptions. As far as uh, if you don't make a gimmick play, I would go with uh, Jermaine Gresham's over and under receptions, and maybe even uh, Hawkins. You know, I feel real bad for uh, my friends on uh, Facebook, Kenny Bosco, uh, Doctor J, and Mister High. There, they. I put a post on the Facebook page earlier today. I called for a breakout game for Lance Kendricks. I really felt like the conditions were ripe, that they were going to have to get going. I knew this team was camping out last night, the St. Louis Rams. They were at 7.30 in the morning. They were out camping out, getting ready for this game. Biggest game of the year for them, national television, primetime, against an undefeated Cardinal team. I knew they were going to bring it. And I started to watch Lance Kendricks get into more passing routes rather than sitting back to run block. just depends on on the team that they're playing. Uh, but I, I called Lance Kendricks as a breakout, and I got rewarded right off the bat. You know, he uh, he got that touchdown right in the very beginning of the game, and I got a lot of, you know, everybody was kind of saying, wow. Well, Kenny Bosco comes in, and he says, man, I put an over ticket on two catches and 21 yards. And, uh, you know, you get that touch and you get that <laughs> touchdown, you think you're gold, you know, for the rest of the game. And, and I know Bradford had 69 yards in the first drive of the game, and then the, the rest of the game, he you know, he didn't do really much at all except for a couple of big balls to – you know, to one to uh, Givens and then one to Amendola. So very sad to see Kendricks couldn't get that two catches for 21 yards for Kenny. Very sorry. And it wasn't the breakout game we expected, but 
it's it's just uh it's one of those guys that everybody drafted in Vegas and now he's and now it's uh now he's gone. Well, Scott, I, I want to uh, I want to bring out something here real quick. Uh, the game uh, the game is really changing a lot because uh, you know we're we're ahead of the curve as far as uh, you know. There's there's no running backs, and it's it, like we talked about. It's pretty much wide receivers and quarterbacks. And how is that? Uh, how does that affect you when you when you're breaking down your uh, dynasty team? Uh, you know, it, it's 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 always been the same for me for the last four or five years since I've been playing dynasty uh, for the last ten years. But I've learned that the wide receiver position is where you want the uh, where you want to take your picks. You know, the running back position doesn't last that long. Uh, you can get a guy like a Stephen Ridley or maybe this Bolden kid. Uh, an Alfred Morris comes out of nowhere. Uh, maybe a Ben Tate that you're sitting on will become a, a workhorse. But uh, the wide receiver is the longevity position. It's year in, year out, the least amount of turnover in the top 15. If you have a wide receiver in the top 15, a very good chance that next year he's in the top 15. That's the way I look at it. And you get the longer career out of him. So um, wide receiver has kind of uh, surpassed running back. You know, I do like uh, pro football focus. They do a great job with their – with their rankings and the overall, and there are only 20 running backs that are averaging um, as a positive experience for their on their rankings, and that's very odd when you when you uh, look at their overall performance. When it's from a fantasy perspective, it's even less, Mike. So you don't have that many uh, running backs involved in the passing game as much as you used to. Uh, the tight ends have really taken over as the chain movers in the National Football League. They're the chain movers. And then the wide receivers are the deep threats. Uh, so it is very interesting. I mean, you see guys like Adrian Peterson is still at the top of the heap as an overall running back. I mean, we're talking running, pat, uh, blocking, everything involved here. Uh, Ridley, Rice, Spiller, Pierre Thomas, they have a number five. Andre Brown, you know, so, so the names aren't as high profile as they are at the wide receiver position when you go there, and it's just as deep as possible. So uh, I, I, I count a total of 46 wide receivers with a positive rating experience compared to 20 for the running back. And again, it's just one of those things. You're not seeing the running backs drive the NFL anymore unless you have that early pick. I mean, if you have Arian Foster, Ray Rice, one or two, you have a – and Ray Rice hasn't been Ray Rice. You know, I mean, you used to be able to bank on 20 to 20 to 30 for Ray Rice every week. It seems like now even that high pick is turned around because it's the Joe Flacco show. So very hard to have a running back to count on that you can count on week in and week out. And that's the National Football League, and that's that's where uh, that's what all fantasy owners are faced with now. You there are good matchups. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you know, but it, it usually comes from you know. Do you really feel great about McGahee, who's number ten overall? How about Marshawn Lynch every single week, who's number seven overall? Trent Richardson is the number five running back in the Nash, in the fantasy uh, football world. So. C.J. Spiller's still number four. Again, a guy that you just can't count on yet because of the injuries. So you're right, Mike. That, that you know, I was gonna when you once you said uh, C.J. Spiller, you know, what do you do with C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson? I mean, how how does that situation take place in uh, Buffalo? Because I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, Fred Jackson should be the guy, but. I mean, C.J. Spiller was the number one rusher after two weeks of the NFL. So what do you do with it? Well, Mike, as for a sit this week, as much as you want to start him, 
I know C.J. Spiller owners want to get him back in the lineup. I would say continue to sit C.J. Spiller. Don't let the stats fool you. The cards are still stacked against Spiller this week. He'll be playing with a sore shoulder against one of the league's premier rushing defenses and all the while splitting carries with Fred Jackson. The Niners allow only 10, Mike. Yes, I said 10 fantasy points for running backs per game, and that's that is for PPR leagues, okay? Where you get a point for the little dumper, you know, uh, for zero yards. Only 10, Mike. Uh, there's no way you can fit in a Fred Jackson and a C.J. Spiller into a any situation where you could start either of these guys when it's the San Francisco 49ers that allow 10 fantasy points per game. Now, we can we can All break right. that down a little bit further, Mike. We can look at and look at the teams that they, you know, that they had to play against and try to understand that a, a little bit better. But at the end of the day, it's still the San Francisco 49ers. They know okay. what they're doing uh, on the rushing defense, and it's a, it's a terrible situation for C.J. Spiller owners uh, to, to put him in this week. Well, with, well, then, you know, with that said, Scott, uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the over and over is 45. 45, that's a lot of points. So if you're a Frank Gore owner, uh, a Vernon Davis owner, uh, well, how do you feel right now? I feel fine. Frank Gore, you put him in your lineup. I'm not a Frank Gore owner anywhere, but if I have him this week, I'm putting him in. I put in Vernon Davis. His stats have been a little inflated due to the touchdowns that he's received, but uh, he he does lead the uh, the team, I believe, in targets. So you know that's something you, you do want to you do want to look at. I may have that wrong. Don't quote me on that. As for um, the other side of the ball, look, it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's Steve Johnson. You, you hope that Scott Chandler can do something more than just the red zone, and uh, you, you, there's nothing really you can count on from the ground game here at all. So uh, you you start your Niners, you start your passing options for the. Uh, for the Bills, and that's that's all you can do, Mike. There's only so much you can do in a game like that. So, uh, again, C.J. Spiller is my uh, official sit of the week at the running back position, Mike. As for a start, again, you know, if you're not already, Alfred Morris is a must start. He's one of only five running backs averaging 20 rushing, uh, 20 rushes a game. I love what I'm seeing from Alfred Morris. Again, a kid that was not on my radar at all in the preseason. I did not give him to you. And I did not know what we had there. I was thinking Helu would still get healthy and get in this game. That did not happen. And uh, Alfred Morris is one of these guys that I, I bid for like crazy after week one and, and, and got him in several places. And now I'm just throwing him in every week and not thinking a second thing about it, Mike. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I, he's just kind of a goofy kind of guy. He, I, I heard him being interviewed on a uh, show this week, well, last week. And, you know, he's just – He's just a normal kind of five foot nine, ten guy that just can't run very fast and all, but he can make plays. And that's the kind of guy that you want on your team. That guy can make plays. Uh, but I don't I don't expect much out of him uh this week against Atlanta. I really don't. Even though Atlanta loves to give up different things, they're gonna they're gonna crush that line so much that it might give – if Pierre Garçon is healthy, you better watch Pierre Garçon in this game because RG3 and Pierre Garçon, I mean, they could really get some damage done against Atlanta. Yep. We have it in the chat room. I can't believe Alfred Morris is looking as good as he is. I do like Helu in the future, but Morris looks awesome. That's from Shane P. Hallam. Something about football, I always thought Morris was a fullback. 
didn't pay attention. Guess I should when people said don't ignore the Shanny running back. So, yeah, it is something. I mean, uh, he's had some matchups, 14 against the Bengals, 18 against the Buccaneers, and 22 against the Saints. His only sub-10-point game was at St. Louis, which we're learning is a pretty tough place to play. Uh, they're turning that defense around slowly but surely, and now they're they're a much better defense than they have been in years past. So uh, I do like Alfred Morris this week uh, against Atlanta. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the passing options for the Redskins. Now, on wide receivers, Mike, uh, let's, let's go right there to start. The Falcons will once again feast on their opponent, the Redskins. The team allows a whopping 54 points per game to the wide receiver position this year, Mike. You have to put every uh, Atlanta Falcon in there. I know, look, I've had some people talk to me this week. They've shot me some emails, thrown some Facebook posts at me. What do I do with Julio Jones? You know, you've got this. You've got teams out there that, um, you know, may not be as competitive as the FFPC, but they're local leagues. And so they're asking, what do I do with Julio Jones? And uh, with the yeah. hand injury, you know, people people wanted to say that that had something to do with it. it. It really had very little. I saw the drops that he had. It was all on him. He has to do it. And I and I saw the coverage. The coverage was really rolled over to Julio the last couple of games. Ever since week one, I've seen the coverage roll over to him. I expect it to balance out this week. And after the Roddy White performance, for teams to recognize, hey, we cannot discount this guy. He's not old in the tooth. He's he's still dominant. We have to respect Roddy White. And so that some of that coverage is going to roll back to Roddy this week, and I expect that Matt Ryan will find Julio on plenty of occasions against the Redskins. So you don't have any worry about Julio. You have to keep him in your lineup. He'll be the guy that will burn you for 150-2 and two the week you decide to pull him out. But I will give you this, Mike. I'll give you backup wide receivers in Hickson and James Jones. Again, I, I told you that. All our starts this week. Uh, Hickson is, is definitely a play there with uh, Hakeem Nix out and the concussion to Barden. I'm not even sure Barden is playing if he's been ruled out, but I wouldn't expect him to start. And I also liked Danny Amendola. That was one of my starts I was going to give uh, earlier in the week that I did give to um, ESPN Radio earlier in the week. So if I if I since I can't give Amendola, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give Donnie Avery versus the Packers, Mike, with Collie out. Avery saw eight targets in week three. This could be a very solid wide receiver three the west the rest of the way. I put Donnie Avery in there against the Packers this week. Well, you know, you laid out the, uh, a lot of wide receivers. James Jones, uh, you know, Julio Jones. I mean, when I'm looking at the the, the Atlanta wide receivers, I'm having I'm having a hard time. Uh, seeing what's going on there because, uh, you know, it depends on who gets hot. You know, who's a hot guy? Roddy White, last week, Roddy White was a hot guy. Uh, Julio Jones, I mean, he could be the hot guy next week. And Roddy White could, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see Roddy White go two for 30 next week. Um, Dominic Hickson, I'm not so sure that I would put too much uh, stock into that. James Jones, I am. I am all over him. I'm all over James Jones. Uh, Donnie Avery, you know, I, I just can't do much to it. So, out of those guys, uh, I, I still got to go Roddy White and uh, James Jones. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, Roddy White, you have to, you have to put him in there. If you have Hulu, you have to put him in there. It's not an either-or situation for Roddy or Hulu. If you have them both, you start them both. Um, 
Yeah. However, uh, again, I take a look at uh, Hickson is a must start. I think Donnie Avery is a must start. When I look at wide receivers that I would sit, now I told everybody to bench Golden Tate last week. I'm not, you know, look, there's no reason to start him here. That big play against the Packers. This play that I'm getting ready to tell you goes right in line with the Alfred Morris decision to start. And I would say this. I, I saw that he was ranked very high on one of the premium uh, high-stakes content websites out there this week. Not mentioning any names. But I would not rush back Pierre Garçon just yet. I know fantasy owners want to get him back into the game uh, after that week one performance. He himself is saying it will take some time to get back to full strength. And since his opening game of four for 109, we've all been dying to get him back in. But against the Falcons, it's the wrong spot to do it. Mike Garcon did go through full practice this week, and he's going to be ready to go. But the Atlanta defense is fourth best against wide receivers this year, thanks to the play of Asante Samuel and Dante Robinson. There's also a 40% chance of rain here, too, that I think we should not uh, underestimate. So I'm saying bench Pierre Garcon. Give it a week. Let, let us see something from him in RG3 and his yep. health in a better yep. situation than against the Falcons. No, no, I, I disagree, Scott. This over and under 51, 30% chance of rain means a 70% chance it won't. So I, I, I don't, I'm not too concerned about the weather and all of that. Uh, if Pierre goes on, it's going to play, then you've got to start him. You, you have to, especially with the over and under 51, you, you almost have to start this guy. I mean, would you rather start Pierre Garçon or Donny Avery? Um, well, again, Donny Avery is one of my starts this week. I think luck has to throw to somebody, and you're playing against the Packers. So I, I don't trust Pierre Garçon for the reasons I listed, the injuries, the cornerbacks, and the weather. You put those conditions together, it's ripe for a, for a game for me to sit and wait on Pierre Garçon. I'll start Donnie Avery. You could take Garçon. Now, for me, Mike, I've got a situation where... So sit and waiting on, you're going to sit, on, sit and waiting on, on 20 points. I'm telling you. Yeah, and you know what? We had one game which we saw from him in a in a matchup. Uh, who did they play week one, Mike? Do you remember who Washington played week one? It was the New Orleans Saints. Okay, that's like comparing what people have done against the Arizona Cardinals in year past. I'm not ready to anoint Pierre Garçon as as the guy just because he got away on a big play against the Saints. Not what I've what I've seen. I haven't seen enough. I want to see more from Pierre Garçon. I have a league in Kentucky, well, Mike, where I have AJ Green, Julio Jones, Torrey Smith, Garçon, and Randall Cobb. You think I'm going to put Garçon in there against that? No, I'm not. And again, it's not uh, every league's not going to be that deep at the wide receiver position. Uh, but I would, I would still start Garcon and wait uh, to get that game. I saw he was ranked very high on the site. You can go with it. That's for me. He's a wide receiver set this week. All right. Well, there's a definite connection between RG3 and Pierre Garcon. And How do you know? How do you know? There's a definite connection. You, you, you've seen. Uh, let's see. You saw four targets week one, Mike, and one target week four. You think? You've seen five passes, and that's what you, you've already made this connection in your head. You've seen five pass attempts towards Garcon. Yeah, absolutely, because I've heard the way RG3 has talked about Pierre Garcon. The way he here we go. To, no, don't, don't get the buzz of me. Going, here we go. The way these guys communicate with each other, I guarantee it. If, if Pierre Garcon is healthy this week, you better watch it because he's going to throw up some serious numbers against Atlanta. 
All right. Uh, let's move on. The Bengals passing defense is the one I'll give you uh, as a defense to start. Maybe you haven't started them every week, but they have looked tremendous this year. Six passing scores allowed versus one interception, tied for 25th. 17 sacks, first in the NFL to date. To see how Tannehill is going to do, let's look back at two other young quarterbacks. Mike Blaine Gabbard managed 143 net yards passing and, and one TD, one interception. He took six sacks against the Bengals. Robert Griffin III tossed for only 168 net yards. There's your boy. One TD and zero picks two weeks ago with six sacks taken against the Bengals. So I think the Bengals are a must-start this week, and you'll also probably look at them the week after this, Mike. What do you think about the Bengals against the Dolphins? Uh, I really don't think much about it because I don't uh, put much stock in the defenses. Well, you got to start one, Mike. I don't know uh, who, who you're going to put in there this way. You, you got a good defense? It, it doesn't matter what, whatever one's available. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, Scott. I don't put any stock in the defenses. Uh, you know, if I had two uh, Cincinnati, that would be a that would be a bad start. But then again, uh, Kenny Hill's coming off a uh, one hell of a one hell of a game. But I don't really pay attention to defenses. Well. Mike, you've got to look at the scoring system. Uh, I mean, if you look at the let's let's take for instance the Kentucky, the Kentucky Fantasy Football League. If you're if you don't take if you don't care about defenses, the Bears have scored 72 points while the Raiders are at negative 10. That's an 82 Good. point swing in four weeks, Mike. So you have to pay attention to the defense depending on the scoring system. Obviously, it becomes more important in certain leagues versus others. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't and I never will. How's that working out for you, Mike? Do what? How's that working out for you? Uh, it's working out fine. I mean, you know, I just get the best defense that, that that's available, and then when they're on a bye, I just get the other defense that's best available. I don't pay any attention to defenses whatsoever. Defenses, kickers, uh, it's just it works out fine. I mean, I just get them when I can. Wow. All right, man. Well, I'm trying to help you. You know, that's the thing. You, everybody's got a little bit of a different strategy here. You have to you have to pay attention to the scoring format and the rules. You uh, you, you definitely have to take I mean, a look I, at that. All right, well, well, Scott. I, I mean, I want to know what do you think? How how much how much thought and process do you put into your defense and kickers? It has to be a part of the game, Mike. It's not a it's not a fun part of the game. It's not a it's not a talent as much of a talent evaluation as a matchup evaluation that you have to look at. You look at sacks allowed. You look at offensive line strength. You know you you know which teams are giving up a lot of sacks, and you know if a team like Houston is coming into the Jets, it's probably going to spell bad news for them. You look at the Chicago Bears against the Cowboys the other night. Uh, you know it's just a team that's uh, that's going to bring the heat week in and week out. Um, so if okay. you have a matchup like that, you got to take advantage of it. This week, I decided that I was going to grab Minnesota, and that's another defense I'll give you, Minnesota against the Titans. I mean, why am I doing that, Mike? I put a bid out on Minnesota because of what I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Their defense looks for real. They've been sacking the quarterback. They've been getting the, the turnovers. And they're playing in a no, game where no, no. Locker is out and Hasselback is in. I, I think it's a it's a it's a situation right for a, a fantasy point. Scott, I'm uh, Scott. I'm calling BS on you. You picked up Minnesota D because they returned two kickoffs. Nope. No, I, I it, they 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 passed the eye test for me. I mean, we we saw what they did last week. 
they they had a they've they've been very formidable on defense. I've I've yeah, been taking a look at what they've done for against running backs. They're the number two. They're right behind the Niners. They've allowed 15 points a game to running backs this year, Mike. If you take the Panthers, they're allowing 38. So you know it's just something you've got to take a look at. Here's another thing I'll give you, Mike. For kickers, I only have one strategy for kickers. Uh, primarily, you know, it's draft. It it it's get Zerline everywhere you can get him. Okay. Other than that, if I have a running back, let's say. And uh, let's say I've got a Marshawn Lynch, and I've got to start him this week. Uh, I might go ahead and grab, uh, if, I, if, if I don't have a real top kicker like a David Akers or something like that, that I'm going to start every week, I, would, I, I look to grab a kicker that matches my running back, so that way every time I can get down in the red zone, I can get me maybe a, a better chance at a scoring situation for my team. I can get three points. I can get uh, six points. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. But, I love uh, break the leg. Break the leg is all that, but I'm still kind of uh, mesmerized by your uh, infatuation with the Minnesota defense because they have not gone up against anybody that's serious. They've run back punts. They've run back kickoffs. This defense, I mean, if we're going to spend 10 minutes talking about a defense, it's not going to be the Minnesota freaking defense. I'm sorry. You're uh, – you're missing out, my man. It's a it's a very good matchup. Again, they're they're in the top half of the league this year, and they've had some very good matchups. They played. That's probably over known as forty four. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tennessee and, and Minnesota, they're going to put up twenty points. Big deal, big whoop. You know, forty four is not fifty four, Mike. They're playing Tennessee, so big difference from uh, forty four to fifty four, which you're going to see around the league right. this week uh, from a, from a couple of high profile games. Okay, Mike, let's get to the matchup: the Denver versus New England Patriots. This is the game that everybody is uh, is talking about here in Indy already. You, you're seeing a Bronco jersey and Manning jerseys kind of springing up everywhere here as people continue to support Peyton Manning. I think here in Indy, Peyton Manning's been on every single week. I don't know if that's the case down there uh, for you, Mike, in Louisville, but he's been on television every single week. And yep. if he's not on the games, he's on a, uh, a car commercial or a Papa John's commercial or, you know, something or another. You're seeing a lot of Peyton Manning this year. It's, it's, it's almost too much again. You know, it, it swung back the way of, oh, we love Peyton, and now we're like, oh, my God, can, can we get enough Can we get enough Peyton? That, that's how it feels right now. And it's Brady versus Manning. Who do you like? Uh, I like them both. <laughs> can you like them both? I mean, you know, it, this game could be that much fun. I mean, I really do, Scott. It, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I just think the over numbers. 52, uh, oh, that's going to blow that away. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be surprising to see uh, the run game that uh, New England has as well. But uh, I, I see New England uh, getting up, you know, get up pretty quick, and uh, Denver coming back with Peyton Manning and doing what he needs to do. But uh, I think Tom Brady's going to win out in the end, being at home. But it should be an entertaining game to watch. One of the most entertaining matchups of the the week. All right, Mike, we've got about nine minutes left in the program tonight. We've had a a rundown of our starts and sets. What other things are standing out to you? As I look around the league, um, we've mentioned a lot of these games. Cleveland versus the Giants, we we said that that was a good matchup for the Giants uh, D. That's a good matchup for Hickson, guys that you might not normally start. On the other side of the ball, again, Trent Richardson is a guy that you have to put in lineups. I don't think there's much else you can use in the Cleveland game. Philly versus Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh back from a bye week. You always have to like Pittsburgh coming off of a bye week. I don't have that stat in front of me, but I remember it for years. It's been very uh, – they, they do an, they do an excellent, masterful job after the bye week. So does Philly, by the way. But uh, I, Pittsburgh, you have Heath Miller is one of these guys' names that keeps coming up in fantasy circles as, what do you do with Heath Miller if you have him? Because if you have him, he's likely not your tight end number one. But he's been performing like it. And if, you, if you're if you in a dual flex situation, he's the number two tight end in the league, Mike. And, I mean, there's only so much we can do to, um, to well, discount four touchdowns through three games and 20 targets through three games. So this is a guy that very hard to not put in your lineup, but it may be difficult for you if you're a deep team that has several tight ends and maybe right, bigger right. name tight end profile guys that you might have. You might have Selleck's and Gronkowski's and Heath Miller's and you're thinking to yourself, man, I need to get Heath Miller in there, but I don't know how. It's it's hard well, not to start Heath Miller right now, Mike. You gotta you gotta really look deep into your uh, into your running backs and wide receivers and say, well, why am I starting this guy? I need to pull this guy back out. I need to put Heath Miller in along with my, for instance, I got Jermaine Gresham uh, and Gronkowski and Heath Miller. So you got all three of those guys. I mean, what the heck? You almost have to start both of them and find out, find the situation, find the matchup that doesn't fit for your running back and wide receiver, and just say, you know, I got to put the plug on this Chris Johnson or Michael Turner or what have you, and start with them tight ends. They're talking about Rashard Mendenhall in the chat room, wondering to know if they should put him back in the lineup. Again, the oh, Eagles no, are... No, no, no. Like Harry. Like Harry this week. The Eagles are the sixth most uh, impressive defense against running backs right now, allowing only 16 points per game to running backs. Uh, but And, and I, like I said, I think I put Heath Miller in my lineups this week because of what Roethlisberger is saying. Roethlisberger said, we want to get this guy into the Pro Bowl this year. He's, it's not um, It's not been something that he's been a part of uh, in years past, I don't believe. And I, and, I, and I heard him make a comment like that, that, the, hey, this is a Pro Bowl tight end, and we want, the, we want the league to see it. When you hear something like that coming out, Mike, I'll listen to that. Don't give me any crap about Garcon and, uh, you know, Griffin yet. They've, they've had five targets, okay? So this is Heath Miller. Put Heath Miller in over Pierre Garcon this week. You'll be very glad you did. It's another matchup. Okay. On the- Seattle and Carolina again. We gave you Cam Newton to bench this week. Uh, if you unless you don't have a top fifteen option, um, I would I put him in around the fifteenth range for me. Uh, on Seattle side of the ball, Mike, not a lot you can do other than Marshawn Lynch. I think everybody else is a bench, don't you? I mean, you can't start Seattle wide receivers right now. You can't start Russell Wilson. Seattle defense, uh, kicker and Lynch are the only things you can start on that team. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, maybe. Uh... Maybe a Sidney Rice uh, for, you know, just for kicks, cover from behind. Yeah, only if you're very, very desperate. Chicago versus Jacksonville. Chicago coming off the big game against the Cowgirls on Monday night. Jacksonville. Oh, 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 boy. You're such a comedian. You are, Scott. Uh, Yeah, that was pretty bad. And if you don't mind, I'm going to stand on that for about uh, one and a half minutes. That was a that was a pretty poor game. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I heard that Tony Romo threw uh, five interceptions, I was like, "Oh man, same old Tony." And then when I got home and I watched the replays, I'm going, "Okay, the guys can't catch. 
They can't run routes, and this is a total joke. This is not a team. The Dallas Cowboys are not a team right now. So Chicago benefited from that, and I'll be honest with you, it would not surprise me one bit to see Jacksonville win this game. Jacksonville at home, MJD had a horrific game last week. I expect him to run wild on Chicago, so I'm going to mark it down. I've got RG3 and Garcon. I've got Minnesota D, and I'm put it down. MJD, at least 100 yards rushing and probably two TDs. Oh, go out on a limb there, my man. You know, it would do you good to take notes on these these episodes. It might, it might help your lineup, dude. I, I tell you what, I think Justin Blackman has a breakout game this week as well. His snaps have went up every week and continue to rise. Now he's the number one by default option now on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's not even close. 40 passing snaps. Number two on the team is Mike Thomas at 26, and Justin Blackman is the uh, leading offensive player behind Blaine Gabbert for being involved in passing routes. And so this is a game that, again, they're going to be uh, – the Bears are going to bring it. The Bears' defense is formidable – but you have to look at what uh, what is available. The Bears do give up plenty of yards and receptions to wide receivers because that's the type of game you're going to have. You're not going to run the ball very well against the Bears, and so you're going to have to get it going uh, and throw the ball down the field. Can uh, Blaine Gabbert get it going? That's the question, but I think by default, Justin Blackman is a fantasy startable option uh, this week on your fantasy team if you need uh, you, you know you drafted him very likely as a three or maybe if you got lucky a four and you haven't seen him produce like that at all he hasn't done anything to to live up to that I think this is the week that he gets it going and Mike has little to say about that so we're going to keep moving we got uh, three minutes left in no, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I was watching the baseball playoffs I'm sorry God, baseball playoff put me to sleep, man. Turn on Jersey Shore. Denver versus New England we talked about. That's a start. Everybody on both sides of the ball type of game. There's nobody you should leave off. Buffalo versus San Fran, we talked about that. Um, Actually, there's one guy there that I would like to talk about, Mike. Brandon Bolden of the Patriots. Brandon Bolden. And we have, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Steven Ridley. That's the only real uh, question you have there. I mean, uh, you, I, know, I know you pimped up your guy last week. Uh, who's the other one? You've been pimping up the last couple of weeks. Danny Wood. What is? But I, but I think Brandon Bolden showed that this kid is, and again, Belichick does this to you all the time. He, he brings out a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis out of the woodworks. He brings out Brandon Bolden out of the woodshed and, and decides to throw him out there, and the kid gets like 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So uh, that won't be the kind of matchups we see this week against Denver. Ridley's still the starter, but hang on to Bolden in Dynasty Leagues. Don't let go of the kid uh, for any offers that might be thrown at you. Just hang tight. Let's see him again. I don't think it can get uh, – it won't get any better for Bolden this week, but I, like I said, I put Ridley in the lineup. I let I play a wait-and-see approach with Bolden. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, I think Bolden could be good, but, you know, it, it's starting to seem like uh, Belichick is kind of like Shanahan when it comes to running backs. It's like, okay, I like this guy this week. Well, no, next week I'll take this guy. Well, the next week, no, I'll go back to this guy. No, we got this guy over here. I'll take this guy. So uh, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It's it's hard to put your money on any type of running back in uh, Belichick's system. That's about it. Houston versus the Jets uh, wraps us up. 
uh, on Monday night, and there's not a lot there on the other side of the ball, except I like Andre, uh, we like Andre, Owen Daniels, and Foster. That's about it in that matchup. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Red versus blue. Mikey, take care. Good luck this weekend. What's up with your best friend? We could all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it, why you here, boy? Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody shut I told you I'm on one, yeah Fuck it, I'm on one Yeah, I said I'm on one Fuck it, I'm on one Two white cups that I got that drink Could be purple or could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be gotten, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on one I said fuck it, I'm on I'm burning purple flowers, it's burning my chest I bury the most cash and burning the rest Walking on the clouds, suspended in the net The ones beneath me recognize the red bottoms I wear Burning in the belt, move the kids to the heels Then shorty on the sink, do it for the thrill Kiss you on your neck and tell you everything is great Even though I'm out on bond and might be facing Nate Still running with the same niggas to the death of me Ever seen a million cash, gotta count it carefully Ever made love to the woman of your dreams In a room full of money out in London as she screams Baby, I could take it there